everyone, welcome back to Christian's Colloquy. I'm so glad that you could join me again for this episode. Today we're continuing our series entitled From Georgia to Jamaica to Cameroon. We're talking about the missional legacy of Black Baptists and we're looking at this unique and amazing story in evangelical history where formerly enslaved African Americans brought the Baptist tradition to Jamaica and then those Afro-Jamaicans who embraced the Baptist tradition were also instrumental in them bringing their Baptist faith back to Africa, to specifically Cameroon. So it's an amazing story. In our last episode, if you didn't watch that, check that out first, please. Just press pause on this video. Go check that out. We introduced George Lyle, who was this uh, enslaved African man in the American South uh, who was raised up as a preacher, supported by his church, and then was so instrumental in preaching Christianity, evangelical religion to his fellow African Americans. And then after a series of interesting events, which include the chaos of the American Revolutionary War, ended up in Jamaica, where he was very successful in proclaiming his faith and uh, establishing very various African uh, or Black Baptist churches across the island. We ended the story there at the turn of the century, going from the 1700s into the 1800s. And today we're going to pick up that story and just briefly talk about some of the early history of Jamaican Baptists. It's interesting, Jamaican Baptists today, largely represented by uh, the Baptist Union of Jamaica, is a robust denomination, many hundreds of churches, tens of thousands of members, has an amazing legacy in the island of Jamaica, and we're going to talk a bit about that history. I'll say up front that there are many, many, many historical resources talking about the history of Jamaican Baptist. I'll leave a link uh, to a few of those resources that I found helpful. Again, everything here, I'm doing my reading. I have resources, so I want to leave you some of those sources in the description down below. There are so many more. If you want more, let me know. Happy to share more, but check those out so you can read for yourself. I'll summarize what are some of the highlights and then bring us up to the point that Jamaican Baptist then... In our next episode, we'll talk about how they brought their faith to Cameroon. So, let's dive in about Jamaican Baptists. So, to do a bit of recap, Jamaican Baptists uh, really found their origin. They'll, when Jamaican Baptists themselves, themselves speak about their history, they first speak about George Lyle. So, as a recap, he began preaching and planting churches in Jamaica in 1783. An interesting note, which will shape Baptist identity in Jamaica and the Caribbean as a whole, the West Indies as a whole, is that attached to these churches that George Lyle was planting, Lyle also advocated that church schools should be attached to those churches. So you would have the church, and then in the building next door, you would have a church school. And these church schools would be responsible for teaching the children of members of the churches. And these members of the churches, again, these were typically African churches. They were initially known as Ethiopian Baptist churches. They would be formed of largely slave populations or poor freedmen. So uh, in these church schools, you would have the children, sons and daughters of slaves or poor Afro-Jamaican freed people. It was also during this time, turning into the early 19th century, so those early 1800s, that the Baptist Missionary Society finally arrived to Jamaica in 1814. So the Baptist Missionary Society, for those who don't know, was after that, after those events in the 1790s, some of you will be familiar with William Carey and some debates within the Baptist, British Baptist world, Baptists then started, like many other denominations, sending out their missionaries abroad. 
So the story typically starts with William Carey heading to India to bring evangelical Christianity. But shortly after that, in the early 19th century, Baptists and other denominations swept up in this wave we now know as the modern missions movement went across the world. And Baptists arrived in Jamaica in the early 19th century, represented by these BMS missionaries, Baptist Missionary Society agents. The most notable of these British Baptist missionaries was William Nibb, who arrived in 1824. But there were many others, many other names that are worth getting to know. Again, I will leave links in the description down below, probably to Wikipedia articles, just because while Wikipedia has a reputation, it certainly is helpful just to familiarize yourself with some of the details. So check those out down below. So when the BMS arrived, again, they found active Baptist churches there, thanks to the ministry of George Lyle. So the BMS initially was coming alongside these, uh, these Jamaican Baptists while they established many of their own churches. They did a lot to bring unity to the Baptist tradition, to make it into a cohesive association. So various associations modeled after the British Baptist style of bringing together regional churches into associations for mutual help and support those would begin to form in Jamaica. Later on, they would be known as Baptist unions rather than Baptist associations, but that was a critical work of the BMS. Alongside that, they shared with George Lyle and those Afro-Jamaican Baptists their understanding of the importance of education. So promoting education was a part of their ministry, and like the Afro-Jamaican Baptists who were already there, promoting education among enslaved or poor freed people was a big part of their vocation, big part of their ministry. It is in this time period, however, while the BMS, the Baptist Missionary Society, the, those Baptist agents from Britain were working alongside Black Baptists, that we also begin to see how those initially unified works weren't all that unified, that we actually see the beginning of two streams of Baptist thought in Jamaica. So, on the one hand, while Baptists were unified in the sense that they were nonconformists and they were treated with hostility by the planting elite and the established church, Jamaica, like many other islands, was, uh, uh, was under the control of the established Anglican church, the Baptists were beginning to divide. While all the Baptists shared uh, their acceptance of black members, the promotion of education, the condemnation of slavery. Some Baptists in Jamaica, especially the black Baptists who were formerly enslaved, thought that Baptists needed to do a lot more in terms of resisting slavery and resisting slavery, perhaps along more militant lines. So on the one hand, you would have what we might consider Orthodox British Baptists. So those Baptists who were in churches planted by the BMS or heavily influenced by the BMS, black and white Baptists who were embracing an Orthodox, we could say confessional, Calvinistic Baptist line, but then also those more Afrocentric native Baptists. So Baptists who were influenced by Baptist theology, but wanted more about their Africanness to be at the forefront. So these native Baptists would be more vocal, as I said, militant on social issues, especially slavery. But interestingly, they would also incorporate African religious practices within their spirituality. So that might be an interesting story for another time. If you're looking at the screen on the right, you'll see Alexander Bedward, who later in the 19th century would actually organize these native Baptist churches into a native Baptist church which would be an organized representation of native Baptist thought, which again would have a strong social agenda, but would also be syncretistic as they mi mixed Baptist Christian evangelical theology with certain Afrocentric African religious practices. Very interesting. I would love to visit that in another episode because 
while Native Baptists were on the western side of the West Indies, on the eastern side of West Indies in Trinidad, you would see a similar group, slightly different, but similar group of spiritual Baptists who likewise introduced Baptist theology, mixing it with indigenous or African religious practices. So on the one hand, you have in Jamaica, different slave religions as they're often known, that would influence Baptist thought, but in Trinidad and the Eastern Islands, you would get other slave religions, African religions, that would influence Baptist theology. So, in Jamaica, it's the native Baptists, but that's a story for another time. Let's continue on. So, as I said, those native Baptists were quite militant on the social issues. Again, all Baptists resisted slavery, but the native Baptists took a much stronger line and were willing to be violent to achieve those ends. This is best represented when in 1831, many native Baptists under the leadership of a native Baptist deacon, Sam Sharp, revolted by the tens of thousands. So upwards of 60,000 of the uh, enslaved Africans on Jamaica out of 300,000 enslaved uh, Baptists rebelled against the British authority. This revol revolt was quickly suppressed, uh, but it's important to note that this a uh, slave revolt, often called the Sam Sharp Rebellion, named after its leader, but also the Baptist War because of how many native Baptists, including Sam Sharp, were involved, was one of the largest slave revolts in the British West Indies. And it was one of the last great slave revolts that in the British Empire, which prompted, which pushed the discussion about abolition. It's often uh, linked alongside a slave revolt in Barbados in, uh, in the 1810s and a slave revolt in now what is known as British Guyana or Guyana in the 1820s. But this was the last one, which eventually pushed the conversation of abolition and brought about abolition in 1833. So just a year after the Baptist War ended. It's good to note that Sam Sharp, that native Baptist, is a national hero of Jamaica today. And that's alongside two other Baptists who are also national heroes. So, Baptists in Jamaica not only have a nu numerical legacy, but they also have a profound social legacy, political legacy, as it was Baptist, native Baptists, first brought to the island by George Lyle, supported by the British Baptists. Uh, British Baptist missionaries who eventually were active, militant, and very, 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 very influential on the end of slavery and all the changes that brought about to Jamaican society and all the implications that has on modern Jamaican culture. Let's continue on. So now I want to end off our story about Jamaican Baptists. We could talk a lot more, but I just want to talk about their expansion because this really is the bridging point from origins of Jamaican Baptists brought about by the BMS and George Lyle and their initial church planting and the next part of our story which sees Jamaican Baptists bringing their faith to Cameroon. So after 1833 and the abolition of slavery, British Baptist missionaries who were again representing that mainstream orthodox evangelical Baptist theology and church life, they would continue their social activism. I really need to stress that just because they weren't militant and perhaps violent in their expression, the British Baptists and the many, many enslaved Africans and now recently freed Africans they represented were still very much socially aware and engaged in social activism. And that's best represented, I believe, by how the British Baptist missionaries leading these churches were so instrumental in the founding of free villages. So what were the free villages? It was actually a larger movement represented by uh, dozens of villages where Baptist missionaries would raise funds in England, would raise funds wherever they could to purchase land. And on this land, in, in and across Jamaica, they would encourage recently freed African slaves to live and work on these villages. 
And by 1842, there were 200 of these villages, so hundreds of these villages, where recently freed Africans were able to live and work without the threat of plantation owners, planting elite, who might have been looking for reprisals, who might have wanted to take advantage of their labor, who might have abused them. As we see in many islands in Barbados, there's quite a history of what would happen to recently freed enslaved Africans, how their conditions didn't improve all that much, if at all. But in these free villages, people would truly be able to be free, practice their faith, live their lives. And that was thanks to the funds and the work of the Baptist missionaries and the various churches, both in Britain and in Jamaica itself. But at the same time, British Baptists, so these Orthodox Baptists, weren't done their work on other fronts. So around the same time in 1837, the Jamaican Baptist Education Society was formed. An incredibly important event which continues to show Baptist commitments to education for the less fortunate. So again, the continuing of George Lyle's church school vision and agenda. It was also during this time that the Jamaican Baptist Missionary Society was founded. And this would be the society, British Baptists who were there in Jamaica, I should mention, they realized that the Jamaican Baptists needed to be unified. So in those 1830s period into the 1840s, British Baptists said, hey, you know what? No longer are these British Baptist churches British, not under the control or the funding or uh, explicit support of the BMS. They would now be independent churches. That was their goal. They didn't want these to be an extension of British churches and missionary work forever. They wanted them to be independent. And that happened in the 1830s and 1840s when the Jamaican Baptist Union formed by the end of the 1840s, which was a fully independent Baptist Union slash association. And it was in this time period that Jamaican Baptists, having fully um, cemented their own Baptist identity and faith, thanks to the help of the BMS, they decided, hey, if we receive this faith, thanks to the missionary work, and we see all the goodness and blessing that comes from it, we need to share this faith as well. And that is where the story begins with the founding of the Jamaican Baptist Missionary Society, an extension of the Baptist Missionary Society from Britain, which would then collaborate to bring the faith to Cameroon. So, I hope you see this is a brilliant story. There's so much going on, and I've only covered the highlights, but to sort of recap, Baptists in Jamaica were initially brought by George Lyle, who was a successful Baptist missionary from black churches and black churchmanship in the United States. He brought his Baptist faith to Jamaica. In Jamaica, he did incredible works, preached to hundreds upon hundreds of slaves, baptized many, planted many churches, brought about many church schools, and was later supported by the work of the BMS. And these, we could call them African Baptist churches, supported by the BMS, expanded across Jamaica, forming many associations, hundreds of churches. But it was also during this time, while the British Baptists on one end, we could call them, and the Native Baptists on the other end, while they were committed to being against slavery, education, and all those good and wonderful things, they did form different traditions at the end where British Baptists, who again represented a majority of Afro-Jamaican Baptists, while they were against slavery, they weren't necessarily militant. While the Native Baptists, they were incredibly militant, violent, and that's what we saw in the Baptist War. And in addition to that, placing their African identity above even perhaps their Evangelical Baptist identity, where they incorporated African religious practices into their worship and spirituality. But while they developed along different streams, Baptists as a whole had a profound influence on Jamaica. 
their advocation for the end of slavery, their promotion of education, and in particular in the British Baptist side, the founding and the support of free villages. It's an incredible movement, an incredible story, and it ends with Afro-Jamaican Baptists on the Orthodox evangelical side forming their own union independent of British missionaries and from there working alongside those same British missionaries to then be missionaries themselves in bringing their faith, their tradition, their evangelical religion to Africa, particularly in Cameroon. So next time in our next episode, we're going to talk about these Jamaican Baptist missionaries in Cameroon. We're going to introduce some of the figures. We're going to talk about what they did, who they work with, and how they turned out, where they are today. So that's the story for next time when we'll conclude the series. So I hope that you'll join me for that. If you have any questions, any comments, you want to talk more, please leave a comment on YouTube in the comment box down below. Send me an email. Hit me up on Twitter. I would love to continue this conversation. But that's all I have for now. Take care until the next time. God bless.